Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's a brand new episode and we have some funny women. Abby Crutchfield. Abby has been seen on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee on TBS, and Broad City on Comedy Central. She was a host on You Can Do Better on True TV and the host of Up Early Tonight on Hulu. Also, welcome back, Zainab Johnson. Zainab was named one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch, and we agree. She's one of the hosts for Netflix's show, 100 Humans. She can be seen as a series regular on the hit Amazon series, Greg Daniels Upload. And she made her late night stand-up appearance on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. Check out her viral stand-up clips on Instagram. On September 1st, Labor Day weekend, I will be headlining in Southampton at Sticks and Stones Comedy Club for two shows. Yes, it's a great way to close out the summer. Go to the Sticks and Stones Comedy Club. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review. Come on, folks, review us. I see no reviews out there, and I know you're listening. So go to the Apple Podcast and send us a review and rate us. It's important. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcast. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast, and Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash Friends Like Us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you we keep going. And now for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live backstage. Go to Patreon backslash Friends Like Us and be golden. Merch is available. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my friend Evelyn Frick and that wacky friend Dave Joskow. We give updates to the podcast. We shout out fans who leave reviews. We have surprise guest friends who stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wear a mask still if you want to. COVID is back. Wash those dirty little hands. Be nice. And Black Lives Matter. I got Zaynab. And then later someone else. But for now I have this beautiful star. She's in upload. And if you don't know about her, download her now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, beautiful lady. Hello. Hi, hello. beautiful lady. How are you? I love you so much, Zaynab. You're I love just, you too, Marina. I was thinking today, you know, I remember Stephen Calabria, who used to book the podcast, he used to always say, Zaynab makes me want to be a better person. I know that's a lot of pressure, but <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, it, it is a lot of pressure, I guess, but that's a really kind thing. And people say that, but I'd rather they say that than like Zainab makes me want to just rip my head off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I prefer <laughs> that. <laughs> but now that I have you alone, which is awesome, I want to ask you, uh, you know, just so many questions. One, so upload, 
Were you before the strike? Were you going into like prepare for the next season? Um, not really. We we fit. I, I don't even know if it's okay to talk about it, but we. Um, so I'll just say that that I don't okay. know if this is okay. Okay, but I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Um. Uh. We wrapped on upload season three. Uh, November 2022. Um, and so we knew that we wouldn't be premiering that the, the show takes about six months to edit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then after you lock picture, then they like a, the, probably like a two, three month rollout to promote, you know? And so we knew that if we were going back into film a season four, uh, then that would come like th- that would that would happen at some point this year. But I'm thinking now with the strike, I, I mean, we're, we're as up in the air as any other production except right. for Lord of the Rings or whatever it is that's filming in the UK. Yeah, I know. They're getting Aside from the loophole. The, the loophole. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the, the loophole that they a, have. Me trying to do a British accent. So now we'll just focus on your stand-up since we can't talk about that. But I mean, I'm sure now that you are not like doing any filming, you're doing mostly stand. You're on the road, right? Yeah, I am on the road. Um, and you know, I I filmed um, my first hour um, in the end of May, I believe. So after the writer strike had started, and I knew that I was going to film. That was way before. You know, any strike, any there were any talks of strike strikes. Um, but yeah, I've just been I took a like maybe like about a month off after I taped that hour. And now I'm back on the road. Yeah. And I do feel like, you know, as stand up comedians, we're pretty lucky in that aspect because we have a way to make money um, and we have a we have a creative outlet, you know, that sometimes the traditional actor who is not um an A-list actor, you know, they, they may not have. Mm-hmm. However, I will say this for those of us who weren't in the writer's rooms or who weren't like, um, I guess, you know, kind of like maybe B a celebrities, you guys are taking all the spots. <laughs> the uh, stand up. Yes. On the road. Uh, um, or it's just my imagination. I don't I I talked to my agent and he was like, no, no, it's happening. So it's it's interesting to see the uh, trickle down of this that I never you know, like you don't like I've been thinking about this. You do usually don't know the effects of a strike until it happens. And then you're like, like, I didn't think it was going to affect me at all ever. And then I was like, oh, my God, I have no dates on my book. And I was like, oh, that's because SNL was out. All the cast members are are taking up those, you know, your celebrity. You are. You're a star. <laughs> um, but you're not taking up all of them. You know, Gina's out there and I'm happy for you guys. And so, yeah, uh, Zainab, it's just it always feels like, oh, my God, am I ever going to get back on the road again? Like all of the headliners that would usually be in the writer's room or who are like, you know, doing TV shows, they're all taking up those slots even in the rooms. And I just never imagined that was going to happen. And so now I'm like, I'm going into my stock portfolio, trying to pull out some money. Cause I'm like, it, it's rough out here. 
So um, as I'm speaking, we are also joined by another beautiful, talented, young comedian, actress, star, Abby Crutchfold. Welcome Hello to Zaynab Marina. Like Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> what you're saying is completely relatable. That is exactly what I'm experiencing right now as well. Oh my God, I'm so glad because I wasn't sure. I was just talking to Zainab and then I was like, maybe I'm speaking for everyone. I don't know. So I was like, maybe it's just me. So tell me your experience. Definitely. Well, I had the money conversation today. My husband and I are both comedians and we were like, okay, what can we dip into and, uh, and, and, and when will that run out? You know, and so we're mapping out how many more months to pay rent, to do bills. And then, then when do you pull the plug? Because the, the next step would be live in a cheaper place to not just a cheaper apartment, but like a cheaper state or something. So do we need to make a big transition of moving or will this writer strike, SAG strike end in time? So we're seeing, we're putting our savings to the test, sadly, but not like the retirement savings, but just like the nest egg or the emergency fund is definitely being utilized right now. But this is an emergency. Yes, it is an emergency. And, um, it's teaching me so much. Like, I think I put way too much money into the stock market and to my SEP. <laughs> That's a good thing, isn't it? At you, but, I, but the stock market is like a, it's like a long term. It's a long game, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, it's like a, yeah. A relay. Yeah. Not a, or is it, it is a long game, but I thought I was doing the right. Well, I, you know, I'm learning. Yeah. So. That's the way I think of it is like, this is the lesson you played around with it. You're learning from, you know, we, I do it at the stock class. Zainab has been there every, you know, every now and then my uncle do like classes with us mm, nice. and I do have money, but I don't want to, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like, I, it's like certain stocks. I'm like, I don't want to touch that though. Right. Because I know it's going to grow and I'm doing the long-term stock hold. Not, I'm not day trading or anything. Cause that's, Lord knows I would be losing if I did that. I don't really, I understand, but those I don't are gr really... greater risk, bigger reward. So greater, but you know, yeah, like the risk part, I can't really deal with. So I, I like low risk investments. I like CDs that you can't touch for five months at a time. Yeah. At least when I was starting out, I was always like, yeah, CD, then I'll forget I even have it. Um, but if you take, take stocks out of it and just make it a different money analogy, like my step one is to see how much I have in my wallet. Okay. The wallet's empty. Step two, look under the couch cushions, put all the change together. Okay. And then when that runs out, step three, it's like, who, who owes me money? What can I sell in my house? You know what I mean? Like there's just different, there's different levels to it. And if you write it down or I write it down, it helps with my anxiety. If I have a, a step plan of like, what step, what, what can I do to be proactive um, to get ahead of this if possible, or to see, watch the ship as it sinks. <laughs> I'm just, one thing I'm not doing is avoiding it because I feel like if I avoid it and I just go shopping anyway, and I come back and it's like, yeah, you know. I know every worse. now and then I watch View Your Deal on The View and I'm like, I want that lip gloss. <laughs> it's so cheap right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's half off. Yeah. But it's, it is weird because I was like, I never thought I'd be in this position. And the fact that you, did you say when people you owe money to or people who owe you money? If there's anybody who owes you money, like where can you make money out of the thin air besides just a generous benefactor? You know, it's like, don't, don't they owe me? Or didn't they say even gig wise, like, didn't I do them a favor? And couldn't I call in a favor now? That kind of thing. I do have someone who owes me about two grand. There you go. But I know they ain't got no money. <laughs> They're in the same, same spot as you. No, they in a spot. 
So, but yes, you're and writing it down is very key. I don't write a lot of things down in my head. I go, just cancel your, your, um, you're not going to read the Washington post. <laughs> right. Yes. Cancel those extra subscriptions. <laughs> I have backups of shampoo and lotion, so I don't need another one. I can't just, you know, go out and buy the new kind right now. <laughs> I had to tell the lady at the farmer's market, I'm sorry, I can't get your soap. And I know this sounds like, <laughs> I know this sounds like, you know, to all of you out there who's been like, why are the actors striking there? It seems like a bougie strike. I know I'm making this worse when I say this, right? But the reality is, it's real out here. It's like, you know, I, you know, I can't really go into it because it's too embarrassing. But I had to like for my rent this month, I had to go to credit. I had to use my credit card. And uh, a lot of people are going to actually that would be a good stock right now. Um, but a lot of people are doing that. You know, they're in, they're going into debt and then the student loan is coming up. So watch out, folks. But, there, now, but Marina, there are a lot of. um there are funds, right, both through the WGA and the SGA that are supposed to help in times like this, right? Funds that, you know, you can reach out to them and get your rent paid and all of those. So so you or anybody else listening, like, that's the reason why you're part of a union, that those are part of the fees that you pay. And there are uh, actors and writers and people in entertainment that have, you know, much grand or bank accounts than we do who donate to those funds. So, you know, don't, don't That's a great you, reminder. Don't hesitate to grab that, you know, if that's you a, such a good reminder. And I did have someone, um, Sujay who listens to the podcast. Thank you so much. Sujay sent me like three or four funds to reach out to for artists. And I was like, gosh, you know, it's really good. The the good thing about this podcast is there are some really good friends I've I've met through doing this who are so smart and helpful. So thank you. I also I, I do want to ask you this, Zainab, since you did tape your hour in um May. Yeah, the last day of May, May thirty first of twenty twenty. Um, Congrats. Can you talk about that experience? Because I remember like you were you know, I think a lot of people don't know what the process is and I'm really fiending to see another um black female stand up do an hour and and what we're what can we look forward to uh well thank you thank you um so last year uh about this time about that time probably like end of spring beginning of summer 2022 i was like i think it's time like i have been doing stand up for 10 years and i think it's time to put out an hours worth of this journey um and yeah then i just you know you kind of go out into the marketplace and you see if anybody's interested in partnering with you to <laughs> make that happen. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be like an eye-opening experience. It can be an humbling experience. It could be a very validating experience. You know, mm -hmm. I saw Gina Yashere, who is friend of the show, personal friend of all of ours, right? Uh, writer, but now is on the road um, and, and comedian, but you know, she was in that writer's room. Um, a very lucrative writer's room, mm -hmm. uh, just because, you know, network, they be on, they be on TV all year round, right? Um, but she, I saw a post of hers either t this morning. Just this morning, yes. This it morning. was, it, it touched and I me. Very, I very rarely, 
read a cat in uh, Instagram. It's like you want to write a lot. You got to go to Facebook. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're not here for the captions. She's scrolling. Yeah, like whenever it's like a book below the post, mm-hmm. I, rarely, I usually pass by, you know, but for some reason, you know how you read one or two sentences and that'll let you know if you need to keep going or stop. Mm-hmm. And she said that she, what the thing that got me to that stopped me was, and this is Gina's story, so forgive me, Gina, for telling your story. But she, uh, she was the, the 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 post said, and it will not be on Netflix. I it was yes. so it was such a definitive statement that that's that piqued my curiosity. Me I was too. like, oh, is this a part of the strike? You know, like, mm-hmm. did they say something about stand-ups or, or black women or with like, you know? Um, and so you know, she said that they sent her a very insulting offer, you know, and then she referenced Monique who, you know, way back when Etta had asked us to boycott the streaming service because they had been very disrespectful in the negotiations for her um, special. Anyway, I say all that to say that it's, it's, um, it can be humbling and it can be um, defeating and it can be validating. It it really depends on where you are and where they think you are mm. and what you believe your value is and what the marketplace believes your value is. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and I, I um, am very, I'm a confident person, like within my own being, like I do not need permission to take up space. I don't really second guess what I'm doing. I, you know, I'm pretty confident in that way, but I'm not like, yeah, cause I'm the best. Cause I'm the best. Cause I'm the best. So they, I know they, they about to, I'm not like that. I think every new room I walk into, if I'm greeted positively, I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. You know? Um, so with my special in particular, you're like, glad we agree. And they're like, Zaina, if you have something special, you're like, that's right. You know, I'm glad but, you see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so 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 in some ways it was validating, some ways it was humbling, some ways it was like, you know, you're like, who hires these people? And in some ways you're like, thank you. Somebody hired this person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was one thing in shopping my hour that was non-negotiable for me. And uh, that was owning it. Mm. Owning it. I was owning it. Um, it was owning it. And that, that just I'm seeing how things are moving and I'm recognizing that the most powerful thing, the most, the thing that can be uh, uh, monetized over and over and over is our IP. Intellectual and property. I want to be the person that monetizes it over and over and over. It's like this boom went away, but when we were doing the non-fungible tokens, it was like everybody was like, "Oh, y'all want my?" Fr-. Do you get what I'm saying? It made me think like, "Oh, wow!" So, 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 Heartbeat Productions can take a set that I did for them, however many years ago, and they can basically auction that off, and I receive nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I never want to put myself in that position. And so that was very important to me. And um, I was able to make a deal. Um, and I don't know if people would look at my deal and think like, oh, that's pennies or, oh, that's great. But I know that I I got what I needed. 
Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and, 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 and in doing that, I had to produce the special. And that was a learning experience. Um, I do not want to talk about straight white men, but they're unavoidable. Um, and you really kind of got to be on them. Don't do, I don't, this is not me bad mouthing, um, at all, because I'm so thankful for the people that uh, every single person who came together to make my special possible. Um, but more so than anybody I found, if you don't stay on them, they will do the very little, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. You know, it's. I think they. I just think that they're used to. You know, and and mm-hmm. again, it's really understanding the way your value for yourself may not be the value that someone else has for you, even if you are paying them. That's right. You know, and so and they're me, unconscious of it sometimes, right? Yeah. I, you know what? I truly don't believe in somebody else to be like shut the fuck up. They know that shit. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe that it was at all malicious at right. all. I think that it's just the way it's their world. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is their world. And and what it forced me to do was show up and take space. Mm-hmm. It really forced me to, you know, be what some people would call a bitch. Mm-hmm. It forced just me making be- sure that they're prioritizing you and what your needs are for the special. Yeah. Making sure that I get what I need to get, making sure that what needs to get done gets done, being brutally honest and apologizing later. You you know, like, you know, um, but so so ultimately and after watching it, because, you know, we're in post now. Oh, my God. Yes. It's hard to watch, right? It's not. So oh, okay. So the first, first, yeah, the first two, the first, the first day that I watched the raw footage of both shows, that was hard. that was the hardest part. Okay, watch that raw footage. Once I got past that, then it became like, um, then it became like just a necessary task, like with no emotion, no, just like what is the best, the best decision in every single moment, you know. Um, and, 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 and actually I found myself quite taken with this girl I was watching. (laughs) I found myself enjoying her. I found myself laughing. I found myself even in all of the flaws and all of the mistakes that we made. I, in, in trying to achieve something really ambitious, I saw a lot of beauty, you know? Um, and so for me, this has been like, this has been like such a, educational journey that I'm really, really proud of. Now you see why I say she makes you want to be a better person. You see that? <laughs> it's just like you hear all that and you go, I want her in my pocket. <laughs> is, there, so, is, there, is there a Zainab doll yet? So when it comes out, when, when it, forget when Barbie. <laughs> but go ahead. I mean, I did have a Nigerian Barbie that looked a lot like Zainab now that I bring it up. A Nigerian Barbie? Yeah, she's, that was her name, Nigerian Barbie. But she's just like, oh. your complexion and obviously your bone structure. It was just very, yeah, she was, she was my fave. Um, so, yeah, so I look forward to, uh, every, you know, everybody seeing it. And yeah, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to, for, for, I mean, maybe like right after the SAG strike happened, I was like, I, I had a meeting with my PR team and I was like, so 
how are we going to promote this thing? And the strike had just went like had just <laughs> the mm. night before, like we <laughs> right. meeting on the books, but it's like that, that midnight struck. And it was like, Oh no, 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 no more of this. Right. And mm. so they was, I was on the meeting, like not really knowing the ins and outs, like what a stand up special. That's not acting. That's not right. You know what I'm saying? This is us. What? <laughs> they, was, they was on a meeting with the dead face looking defeated and, uh, scared and like, you know, we, we don't know, but we know you can't do anything. You can't point them to a studio or a network. You can't do that. And then it, and, and then it can't. And I was like, well, I mean, I can go on radio. Like I wasn't getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us were though. I, I, like, I, I can go on radio and podcasts yeah. and all of that. Right. And they mm-hmm. was like, well, not if you're going to, if you were pointing them to a YouTube, sure. But if you're pointing them to a network that you're striking against, mm-hmm. you cannot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn. So what are we going to do? They was like, well, we don't want to take your money because ain't nothing we could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then I got off the phone and that was like a new, I got off the meeting and that was like a kind of like a shift for me. Um, and you know, fear sets in, you're like, dang, I worked this hard and wait, now I don't get to tell anybody. Like now I don't really get to see what it will do because who will know. Mm -hmm. And I think that I allowed that fear to creep in for a second, just a second. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to my good old faithful, what God has for me is mine. And Sometimes the thing that we think is the worst is sometimes the best thing ever, you know, and that's what's been that's the blanket that's been wrapping me up at night uh, as I work on releasing my special and also stand in solidarity with the WGA and SGA. Mm. Boom, Zane Abdal. I'm telling you, (laughs) they used to have when I was a kid, they used to have I had a Jimmy Walker doll. That dynamite, (laughs) (laughs) and you would pull the string and it go dynamite, (laughs) and it would say different things. I would love that to be in a Zaynab doll and just carry it around, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Affirmations. Wrap myself in a blanket. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, those affirmations, because that is so. What you've said is so powerful. I think no matter what industry you're in right Mm -hmm. now, because everybody is striking. And everyone is feeling on some level like, what, what's next? Well, what's the future hold? I mean, the, in 2020, we were all thinking that. We were like, what is this? You know, we're always going to be in these types of moments moving forward because the world is in a different place right now. Mm-hmm. So to have that suggestion is is necessary. It's so powerful. So thank you. Well, I would I would love a Zainab doll in everyone's pocket because that <laughs> would mean I would have so much money. Oh, residuals. <laughs> when, you, when, when you hear that, Abby, what does it help or or? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking that you're pretty much you have affirmations too. I would love when an you Abby talked doll about, as well. <laughs> when you talked about the special and the process, and I haven't even recorded an album yet, like an audio version of a lot of my jokes through the years that I've been doing comedy. I was thankful that I was on this episode because um, I was like, oh, this is what I need to hear right now. And I know it is possible. And when you talked about um, remembering who God is to you and, and what God has for you or whatever God said that um, that it's a promise for you to lean on. That reminds me of when I get back into a corner that having a different perspective is always necessary. Sometimes it's 
God's perspective or a faith-based, but just even talking to a friend of like, mm-hmm. I'm, I can only look at this one way and I have zero solutions. And it's, and it's like, I've, I put myself in a catch-22. I'm darned if I do and I'm darned if I don't. So I can't make a move. And they'll say, well, how about looking at it this way? And so um, so that's what I feel like this this episode is for me of like, oh, here's a new way to look at it. I don't just have to tell myself because I've never done this step, I'm never going to get to that step, you know, like, cause you just never, you really never know. But there is a lot of uh, disappointment and shame with regard to my career. There were some milestones and some highs that I was really happy to have. There were goals I set that I met and there were goals I set that I didn't meet and that I feel like I aged out of. So um, meaning not just that I'm too old, but that I no longer want those things that I wanted as a 20 year old. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, but just, uh, you know, de- wrestling with that, sitting with those feelings, tomorrow being a new day and like getting up again and trying to figure out what to do. So, yeah, where I am, I still feel like I'm stuck in the pandemic, but it's like it's um, you mean I mean, the 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 external disappointments of the pandemic that were coming like financially or professionally, those haven't gone away. And so I'm different, though, like I'm. I have a new perspective. I have a new um, set of habits that are keeping me from feeling worse and, and and making bad choices or taking, you know, unnecessary risks that don't help anybody around me, um, my, the family that I'm trying to help thrive. So, um, so yeah, this, uh, I'm kind of in a holding pattern regarding, regarding like creativity is, is frozen. And, you know, anybody's like, hey, this is a great time to be an influencer. I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. so knowing that I that I don't, even though it would be wise to do it, I, yeah. I, I kind of like blew up all that energy for a decade on Twitter mm-hmm. and then Twitter leaving during the pandemic or shifting so radically that it doesn't yield what it used to yield for me professionally um, ha- made me like I had a blank slate and I was like, now what do I do now? Who am I? Like I was building, you know, a reputation and my, you know, career opportunities through this platform. And now this platform doesn't exist. So where is it gone? And people are like, oh, it's on Instagram now, or it's on TikTok. Just do the same thing you did there on here. And it's like, put 10 more years in. I just (laughs) couldn't. I was like, I can't, I don't have that in me. So, so yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity for me to retool and think about how much road work do I want to do? I have a five-year-old now. And I know when I had her, like, the six weeks after she was born, I was like, this isn't going to derail my career. And I'm going to keep, you know, going for all the things I went for. But um, now I'm just like, I'm old. I'm five years older than I was. And my husband, who he's he he does rear her. I mean, like we're both freelance comedians. So we're like here at home with her. He's putting in the parenting work, but he has not lost his eye on the prize for his comedy work. So he's been never stopped contacting clubs and never stopped hitting the road when he can. The only difference is it doesn't pay the same. So he can't always go as far as he would go. He can't go to California because he wouldn't break even or he would end up losing money. So he's got to try to strategize as close to home as possible. So, but either way, he didn't get dejected about his comedy when there was like, you know, no shows to be had in the city or no clubs booking outline outside right. headliners, you know? And mm-hmm. I did, I was just, I've just been so like, what's the point? What's the point of anything? So I have to like I've reevaluate, you know, how much I care about this career. Who am I? How much of it did I get into it for somebody else? Did I get into it for myself? And now that I've achieved the things I have, 
do I still want to set goals or do I want to, I don't know, but, but, but I don't like those kind of questions because retooling is like, I can't go, I don't want to go back to school and I don't want to start a new career and I don't want to be an entrepreneur. So I don't know what <laughs> I need no, to you, marry a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're absolutely you right. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are all the things that everyone who's going through this, you know, on different levels of it are feeling, you know, and you're absolutely right. Like I was talking to Mark Theobald about the crew, you know, the, the stage hands, the mm-hmm. makeup artists. Mm-hmm. And he told me that one guy was like, man, I'm selling firecrackers. Exactly. Right. I'm working at TJ Maxx. I'm doing this. Yeah. There's just so many different things that have, that have nothing to do like, with your career that you could be. Yeah. The well, side I hustle. was like, what else do I do? Yeah. <laughs> I actually had that thought last night. I was like, what else? I got to think. And that's why, you know, I've been doing the stock market, but I don't do day trading. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I kind of thought that at this point I would have made, now had I invested in NVIDIA, I would have been really in a, and I had (laughs) anyway. Um, so, but you know, some things are just funny. Like firecracker is a really funny word. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is like now I sell firecrackers. It's yeah, like, it's not forever. It's I'm just yeah, it <laughs> yeah. I was like, what other skills do I have? Right, <sighs> but then that, but that's the thing. I just auditioned to be uh, the tour guide for. Um, uh, I won't, you know, be too specific, but people come from all around to see a tour of New York City with regard to a special, let's say, film or television show or mm-hmm. program. And so you were like, hey, remember when you saw this on that program? This is that. And you're pointing things out. And I was like, how easy is that? That's like easy money. So I show up to do it and I'm a shoe in and I got my references. And then I'm like on the bus for 10 minutes and I start getting really car sick. And I was like, Ugh. I didn't plan on this. And then I thought, well, maybe if I face the way the tour guide's facing. So I switch around. And then, you know, I told her we made the first stop and I was like, you know, I'm getting really sick. Is there did you ever have this issue? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Just sit in the front because uh, sometimes the, the the people, they sign up for the tour and then they get sick and we put them in the front and they feel better. But I was like, I tapped out by halfway through and I was like, I just know in my gut this is not going to be the job for me. And I was so disappointed in myself because I was like, how easy can it get? <laughs> they want you. Right. You want it. But I was just like, you know. This is and it and and substitute teaching paid a little bit better anyway. So it's kind of like I guess I need to. There's other options. There's other avenues for the side hustle, and this isn't it. But yeah, yeah. it's really tough when it is. You tough. want it to be in the wheelhouse of your work. You know, you want it to be yeah. adjacent to entertainment or something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and sometimes all we hear is the success stories of how people um, pivoted. But pivoting is not easy. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. It does. Well, well, but Zainab can pivot pretty fast. Well, actually, I, I was going to say I'm actually a bit more um, I'm a bit slow moving. If okay. that makes sense, like I have a lot of friends, not a lot, but I have a few friends who were either on a show, at, you know, a front facing celebrity, you know, act, whatever, or they're writing. And as soon as this happened, they went into like panic mode mm. and they move, move fast to try and establish something else. So you go online and you're like, OK, they're uploading like their thoughts for the day every day. <laughs> if, you, if you actually if you actually look at my life, I'm like, yo, I'm the slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. I really am. And I, I really try to focus on like 
haste, my mom always told me when I was young, haste makes waste. I'm not going to do, and and I don't, panicking has never served me. You get what I'm saying? And so now I do say, I was thinking about you when you were talking, Abby, because I'm like, Abby, there's two freelance comedians and they also have a child. And this past week I had my two nieces, one that was 12 and one is 14 here with me the whole week. And I flew to Philly to get them, brought them back here, took them back to Philly. And I had two different like perspectives. One, like, oh my God, thank you guys so much for allowing me to be in this position, to be able to do this in a time where a lot of my peers are really struggling, really having a hard time with anxiety, fear. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. what's going to be what? And then I thought, oh my God, if I had kids, what would like, this is so expensive. (laughs) Every day, like every day. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to show, and you don't want to show that to the kid because you don't want them to feel that they have to yeah. panic. So Yeah, like every day you gotta eat. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that sounds, I'm not trying to be, I really, I really did have a hmm, sort of like a reminder of like um my very unique position, you know, mm-hmm. which is like um I was telling my my friend we were because uh, Marina, before you sent the Billy Porter article, when mm. it broke, when the news broke, I was yeah. like shocked. Mm. Friend, my friend and I, we talked about it and she was like, well, yeah, this is, you know, people are living check to check. I'm like, no, I know that. Like, you're not telling me anything I don't know, but it's not stopping the shock. And it also gave me, this is going to sound crazy, but it made me think about one of my ex-boyfriends and he is the reason he was on me and he used to embarrass me about like how I spent money and the choices that I made financially and how irresponsible I was. And although I'm no longer with him today, the things that he drilled in me are my financial habits today. Oh, wow. I'm like, wow, I hated, I hated him in the moment. (laughs) You know, I just it was so annoying and so embarrassing, you know, for somebody to be like, who raised you? That's TK Kirkland. But like literally, like (laughs) who raised you? And it's like, well, two financially uneducated people. (laughs) Who do you think? You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? That's no shot to my parents. It's just that's just the reality of what a lot of our I could do a lot of math, but they have no money. So how are they going to tell me how to be with money? You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like. And now I'm looking at like the the choices that I've made, but also understanding like, yeah, even what you're doing is it's easy to make these choices because you only have to concern yourself with you. But yo, if you had imagine if I had a spouse and my spouse was out of work, forget even a kid, just your spouse. (laughs) Yeah. And then add a kid to that. That it's like I mean, it's it's. I I am completely like empathetic to the amount of anxiety that this situation is causing. And as you said, Marina, not just for people in the entertainment business, but there are a lot of workers. There are a lot of workers that are like, no, as the world changes, you guys are changing and making so much money and still trying to give us scraps. And it's just not going to work. Yeah, it's the world. It's Starbucks. We were joining, I think, I believe the, WGA and SAG joined the Starbucks to to show our support for them as well. It's yeah. 
It's, you know, the, um, I believe we had talked about UPS truck that, but they mm-hmm. negotiated and they finalized and they are good, but that was about to happen. So everywhere, it's just every industry, every sector is feeling that disproportionate, this, um, the, these very rich people are making very much more than mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I was thinking about my mom who grew up in the fifties who in a small town um, and how her mom stayed at home and raised five to six kids, five kids. And um, I was like, what did my grandpa do? And then her husband was like, I believe a mechanic. And so I just thought, how, what was the standard of living so that only one person needed to bring home, you know, a paycheck and they, that could feed that many kids, you know? And my mom does not have stories about we all split a bean. It was like she felt like she had what she needed. And so that I think is just telling about the wealth gap today about how, you know, there is no more one person can have an income, you know, of that stature and then raise a bunch of kids. It's like two people have to be working. And, you know, I, my husband and I wanted to have more kids, but even that didn't feel financially responsible for the situation we're in. So, mm-hmm. yes, because she does need a sister or brother. And she'd be so cute. He would be so cute. <laughs> And I, mean, I and she hasn't met TT Rena yet. Well, she has, <laughs> but it's been too long. I know she's super fun. You guys she's can so hang. She's so cute. So. But yes, Billy, it's, uh, oh, yeah, it's um, a sorry. But were you about to go into Billy Porter? Yeah, because you well, you what brought is it the up, Billy Porter story. I just looked on news, and all it is is like he doesn't like Harry Styles in Vogue magazine. So we'll, oh, that's new. That's hilarious, and that's <laughs> also probably his attempt to make some money right now. Yeah. I was thinking <laughs> is to make headlines. But go ahead, Zainab. You're uh, but but the, if he's making headlines, that shows you that he still got PR on staff. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say something really quick before we mm-hmm. we hopped into that. Um, I would encourage that. Some sometimes we're for, we're forced to take a break, and it seems really scary. And I don't mean to like be the preacher or the you know whatever, mm-hmm. but like I say, also take the time and do all the things that you always wanted to do that that you didn't have time to do mm-hmm. when you were in this rat race because it will start back up. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. How is the question? But if if is not a question, mm-hmm. right? And just do do like the things that you I would have never been able. My my the, the two nieces I had with me, they're half black, half Japanese, and a lot of their upbringing is very Japanese. And now that they're coming of age, I'm like, well, they are women of color. They ain't nobody going to be walking around thinking they just some Japanese girls. They're going to be looking at these girls like and they need to have some identity. You know what I'm saying? Some of that other identity. And and I talked to my brother and I talked to their mom and I'm like, hey, can, can I do this? But before this, I would not even have been able to. I would have had the anxiety of I even had a little bit of anxiety of like taking a week off of stand up, you know, but I'm like, no, I need to really like do the things right now that I never make space for when I am like clamoring at the the what's next, the what's next. Mm-hmm. And so in the time where it is really, really scary, you can you can lean on the things that are actually way more important. Mm-hmm. This is so true. I'll list some examples. Oh, you were going to list some examples. Go ahead. No, no, no you're reading go ahead. books. 
taking care of my skin, getting better sleep. Like I'm finally prioritizing these things. Uh, obviously, quality time with my daughter. That's been the biggest blessing out of anything pandemic and otherwise is the time I get with her that I wouldn't get if I was, you know, traveling all the time or on set all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing. I love spending time with my niece. Oh, God. She's the five-year-old little munchie. Oh, my goodness. We did a little thing where we read a book. There's a book that I, I have to get the company so I can say it on here, but you can put your voice into the book mm. so that you're actually reading to them. And because mm -hmm. she, I always ask her, are you reading books? And she, it's become a game now that she says no. She thinks it's funny to tell me no. <laughs> she goes, no, no, TT, are you reading books? <laughs> and then I, so now I put the voice in and she, and well, she had the book for a while and I guess she was actually reading it. And so we, I was with her while I was putting the voice in and she had it. She already knew the story. Mm. So as I was reading it, she was saying it with me mm. and she was putting her version of it. And I let that happen. <laughs> and the audio of that sounds so funny to her that now when she looks at the book, she's laughing and enjoying it. Mm. And I was just like, that was just such a good moment. I, I just, mm -hmm. you know, I love my niece. <laughs> now, Special. Billy Porter says he's being forced to sell his house. Mm. Like Zainab, you were talking about, you know, a mid Hollywood and it is shocking. <laughs> but I also was like, did he have... Okay, let me read it. SAG-AFRA has been on strike since July 14th and fighting for higher residuals from streaming platforms and stricter safeguards against the use of arti artificial intelligence, among other contract updates, but negotiations... Well, they haven't stalled this week. We'll get into that. And the effects of strike are already starting to be felt. Billy Porter, Emmy and Tony winning actor recently stated in an interview in England that because of the ongoing strike, he would have to sell his house because of the lack of income coming in until the unforeseeable future. Mm. He said, because we're on strike and I don't know when we're going to go back to work. The life of an artist until you make fuck you money, which I haven't made yet, is still check to check. Mm. Although he anticipated working on a movie and TV show in September, the strike has put those plans on hold. And in reference to a circulated quote by an unnamed Hollywood studio executive, Porter added, so to the person who said we're going to starve them out until they have to sell their apartments, you've already starved me out. Mm. So that's what's happening. And um, part of me was in shock because I was thinking um, I could have made the same mistake. I, I, I totally see like you make a certain amount of money and then you th and if you don't have financial education, you think, I'm going to buy a house now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think this year me, will be like next year. So I'll just make more money later. So I'll just buy this now. Right. That's the only part that didn't shock me. <laughs> but what shocked you, Zainab, about that? Um, I think that, yes, the majority of Americans are living check to check. Um, and I think that in certain cases that makes sense. Like if you are working at Home Depot or even let's say you work for the city, let's say you are a bus driver, right? And you're like, okay, I'm bringing in $75,000 a year, right? The cost of living is very high. And so I can see someone who is a bus driver in New York 
or California. You know what I'm saying? Where you cannot, the cost of living is inevitable. Mm -hmm. You know, I could see you living check to check because there's honestly no other way. Right. But when you are, I have a hard time understanding how somebody living check to check and you in a $2 million house. Well, who told you to do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think that I do think I have, I don't know Billy Porter. I'm a fan of Billy Porter. I did, I do, I'm sometimes a panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And one of the episodes that I did, we, they interviewed him Mm -hmm. and he, he was, promoting his album. And he was talked to, he was telling all of those, you know, NPR audience is white. White, white, white. Right, yes. Especially sitting in that Chicago theater, it'd be just a sea of white people, right? That's right. Yeah. And so he, so they didn't really understand. So he had to take them through his journey. (laughs) I understood, but I'm just listening. You know what I'm saying? He had to take them through his journey of the first check he got thinking like, oh, I'm rich when you get a hundred. But it's like, no, taking them through the journey of like what a black queer person's experience was in the 80s, mm-hmm. not in 2023, you know. Mm-hmm. And so with him specifically, I was quite surprised because it's like, well, I heard your story. So it to me sounds like, you know, better than this. Right. That's right. Yeah. But when I thought about because I'm in the same boat, I, I like I said, I got to thank my boyfriend. I told my friend, I said, I think I want a G-Wagon. And she said, yeah, you you can. I, she said, can you afford a G-Wagon? I said, mm-hmm. I could buy a G-Wagon, but can I afford a G-Wagon? Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? I could buy a G-Wagon. Can make it happen. But yeah, is it sustainable? You know? But then I told her, I told her how much I would need, what my life would need to look like for me to have a G-Wagon. Because I understand what that requires. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yes. I'm, like, I'm not going to buy a G-Wagon and not know how much it costs to fix a G-Wagon. I'm not going to buy a G-Wagon without knowing it only gets 12 miles on a gallon. So now I'm in, and I got to take premium. I'm not going to. But I do think, and Billy Porter, forgive me if he ever hears this, forgive me, but you do seem like this type of person that is really all about the appearances. So when I hear, that's why I, t- I was like, maybe it's cap too. Maybe it's like a way to publicize to like, cause he's a very public person. Like I'm saying, if we still talking about him, that means he still got PR on staff. That's not by accident. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't, you don't just, you, wh- wh- why would they be interviewing you? Mm-hmm. Who, who's making the call? Who got them there? And he's got to pay them. Yeah. So you still got me. So it's like, so, yes, I do believe that you are you you have had to, as Abby said, decide like, OK, well, let me see what's in my wallet. Now, let me see what's in the couch cushions. Or let me see what's in the bank account. I do believe that we all have some assessing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I thought I was going to buy another piece of property and then this happened. And I'm like, now ain't the time. Mm-hmm. That's, it's as simple as that. Now ain't the time. So I understand <laughs> taking a seat back. But like what? What what was your house set up that you forgive me forgive me anybody listening to me I mean <laughs> but it's been three months yeah it's yeah, been like three months and you've been working in this business you so I ain't never lived through a strike just like you know what I'm saying some some people it's like the kids they'll never know what it's like to think like will we ever have a black president they came in a world with a black president mm-hmm. right Billy Porter you don't live through everything you mm-hmm. don't live through, live through <laughs> that's why he did it because it's like carpe diem we're not promised tomorrow he was just like gonna go for it he's going big or he's going home 
I don't know. I really don't know. Well, or maybe he's not going home anymore because he went too big. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but I he think- also said that he was planning on he was he was getting rid of the house because he didn't think he could pay his. I, I think he can pay, but he just wanted preemptively mm-hmm. just sell the house. I was gonna say. Well, if I could jump in, I think uh, what surprises me that he's so candid about something that I think is private. That's a private matter. But I think he's saying it. He's trying to say it to say, look, I'm in solidarity with the little man. But it's like, yeah, but it just makes us say, why did you spend that much money when and why didn't if why would you spend when you didn't have it? You know, like I think it causes us to ask those questions. So maybe he missed the mark if that was the goal of sharing it all. But the other thing I will say is that we don't know anybody's financial situation. So like you're saying, Rena, maybe he, it was that was a conservative move for him. And, and Zainab, you're saying he's got PR on tap. So he's got projects in the works we haven't seen that are currently on hold or what other, he may have other streams of revenue. So it's not the same thing as he's now homeless. It's just more of, I too had to sacrifice a big purchase, yeah. you know? Yeah. Downsizing, which yes. he, but he, you know, he has a flair for drama. So he ain't going to be like, well, you know, I had to downsize. Right. <laughs> but I do, I do. So, I'm not sure if you know this, Marina, but um, I had a very close friend of mine who is a black queer man and he stole from me. Oh, yes, Mm. I do know. And he stole from me and he stole from a lot of people. And it's funny because as much as he stole, I don't think that he's a thief. But but he was so um, prisoned by keeping up the appearance because it is. When you are feeling dejected, when you're not feeling accepted, you know what I'm saying? Like what what black male queer people do, black gay men do is they're the shell. You know what I'm saying? They're they're the eye. They're the there's a certain perception. Mm. And I do believe that if Billy Porter finds himself in this predicament, part of it is that 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 heavy um, investing in material things to to appear or like Liberace (laughs) you know for lack of a better yeah Mm -hmm. type yeah um and so I just when I when I read that story I just thought about my friend of course you know I'm not saying Billy Porter is, is stealing from his friends but I'm just saying like that that at like above all I'm gonna step out and be fabulous mm-hmm. and whatever it costs to be fabulous mm-hmm. I'm going you know to do that and that causes you to make some decisions some choices that may not be the best choices you know because the reason why I keep going sorry I'll, I'll stop after this no it's great going with Billy Porter is because he's not you know whenever somebody is new to it then it's like you give them the grace of their ignorance mm-hmm. you know but it's like that's that's Yo, that's black people and or poor people one on one spending money before you get it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, Talk about I had three projects in the work, not, not an entertain. You somebody <laughs> could touch somebody boob and your project is out the door. <laughs> yes, but that's what I mean. He don't live through all of it. Mm-hmm. You know that you don't even got to be the fuck up for some shit to go left. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be uh, somebody's doing that has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Distraught, you know what I'm saying? And it's like so, and you still put yourself. I got to see the house. You said I got to know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this it is a common story amongst writers who have gone to L.A., gotten a job, white or black, right, and thought, oh, now I buy a house, and then the the show gets canceled in the first week, and then they have to sell the house. Mm. It's a very, it's actually a common 
story I've heard. Mm. And it's it should be an uncommon story because it doesn't. It, it, we we've seen to rent a house. Fine. Do you get what I'm saying? You could rent out. You want to rent a house? Cool. But we know how you could have a. It's just entertainment. I'm not talking about like I don't move to North Carolina. I'm working for the plant, although we even know how unpredictable that is. What I'm saying is at this point, we're living through so much. Do you get what I'm Marina, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to purchase this house. I know I was with and you. I, and, you and, I, and I consider you want to know what my biggest consideration was? Hmm. What if upload does not get renewed? That's what I worked with. I did not work with if it gets renewed. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I you already knew. My budget is if it don't get renewed, mm-hmm. what can I do? Right. Yes. And now we have the student loans that is picking back up in September. So there's it's going to be interesting to see a lot of people, you know, just trying to rethink of all their budgets, just everything yeah. they're doing. Um, I, you know, when I sold a show to FX, I thought I could buy a house. I remember Zainab, I told you, I said, I think I'll buy a house now. Mm. And I remember Keith Robinson, wait till the second show you buy, <laughs> you sold. Wait till the show goes into the second season. Mm. And I was like, and I remember thinking, well, I, you know, but I could buy them really, you know, but I wasn't really thinking it through. And I'm glad I didn't. I, and I, and my younger sister who is my God, she's so smart. This is Munchie's mother, mm-hmm. my niece's mother. I remember her saying to me, she goes, don't move and don't buy a house right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing that. And it's just like when the housing crash happened, they're all buying, but they can't afford. And when I mean they can't afford all this money that they have now, they ain't going to have in like two or three years to pay that mortgage off. Mm-hmm. And they're, then they're, all these houses are going to go on um, foreclosed, mm-hmm. going to be foreclosed. What she goes, see, watch what I say. She goes, uh uh-uh, uh, don't do that right now. I was like, Were we raised by the same mom? Where'd you get this education? <laughs> but I think too, I don't know if you remember the show Girlfriends mm-hmm. for a, a, a massive amount of seasons. And the only reason why it stopped was because of the writer's strike in like, I don't know, the oh. 2000s or something. The early oh, I didn't know that. It was because they never came back after the writer's strike, right? <sighs> And that was a show that was everybody loved. I mean, still people who are fans of that show are like, "Are we? Why are y'all not giving us this movie? Like y'all giving us Sex in the Movie, Sex in the City shit?" Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but the the man the man on the show, I don't know his real name, but his character's name was William. You know, he talks a lot now about um, how he hit hit such a low because. After like the sixth season or some fifth or sixth season, he was like, okay, now I'm going to buy a house. Like he mm. waited <laughs> and was like, okay, this has been steady. You know, we getting popular and more popular. You know, they've increased my quote and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to buy a house. Right. And he bought a house and then the writer's strike happened mm. and they never came back and he, whatever. And I just think that entertainment period, like Billy Porter said, until they giving you $20 million a film, until they're, do you get what I'm saying? Until they got you on a film, a TV show, uh, 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 you, you get what I'm saying? All of these, yeah. until they got you on TV selling, you know, face pop lotion that they ain't never touched before in their life, until you're doing that, mm-hmm. then you have to calculate what you can do 
if all of this goes away, just ending the industry that you're in. And so if it's like, well, you know what? This we've been on we've been on 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 what's more for six years for six seasons and and I and I've saved up uh you know seven hundred thousand dollars then buy a house cash you can't get the house you you can't you can't that's what she told me that you're you can't get the house that they showing on MTV cribs the <laughs> house that you don't know that every person rents I dated a guy a nice house when I walked in his house so so you know like a, like a like a guy who's Air quotes, celebrity, I guess, whatever, mm-hmm. walked in his house. And I was like, oh my God, his house is so nice. And I had <laughs> bought my house. And I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to buy a house like this. One day we just out driving and I said something. He said, oh, I don't own my house. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, no. <laughs> no. Why? But, but, but that made know, sense. Yeah. But he went on a show and showed the house as if he owned the house. Mm-hmm. And so, right. It's, oh, wow. Just trying to keep up with a a a a a fake like e- even when people are showing you their real shit in entertainment it's still a show it's That's still right. an act you know what i'm saying like and so we have to be very mindful mm-hmm. um to not take that on as our you know like i like, okay last thing sorry i bought my house when the rent when the um uh Interest rates were very low, right? When they yes. were two, you know. And then when I found myself having a bit more disposable income, what I consider disposable income, you know, like, and I, I factored in, okay, I got to pay my agents, I got to pay taxes. What'll happen if I need a rainy day? You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. what stage? What do I have after that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I got another down payment, right? And then I saw those interest rates. The interest rates was back up to seven or eight. I said, oh, I can't afford a house with these interest rates. Mm-hmm. I can't afford this. This this price of a house with these interest rates, mm-hmm. right? So then I'm like, but do I still want, okay, well, now let me go look at Texas. So let me try and buy a house cash. Let me, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let me see what I can, it kind of, it's just like, and, it, and and I don't care. I don't care how anybody, that's when I started saying like, I'm confident in the space that I take up. I don't really care how you feel about that or if you... <laughs> You know, seriously. And mm-hmm. I just think I would say with love to someone like Billy Porter, you know what I'm saying? It's cute. I see you on every red carpet. But when I think about it, I have not seen you. I have not seen you working that much. But I've seen you on every Met Gala staircase. I've seen you on every red carpet, but I have not seen you employed that much. I think that's that- probably what his husband said. They're getting a divorce. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you putting out a lot. You always got to look out what you putting out versus what you bringing in. True. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to take away from that point, but I do. It reminds me of Stephen Amell, who came under fire for saying he was doing promotion for a show and he was saying, I support the strikers. I support the guild, but I think striking is the worst way to go about trying to get what you want. And everybody just dunked on this take this take. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is not it. You are incorrect. And then the next time I see him in the news, he's striking with the strikers because somebody told him better. But the whole point being promotion to some uh, celebrities. I don't know about all people, all talent, but like doing those junkets and and doing meet and greets and doing um, conventions, although conventions do pay, is a way to work. Like that is part of the work for them, even though you're not pulling in an actual thing because it keeps you in the conversation. And then that helps the audiences respond, which then helps inform the casting of, oh, you know who is hot right now is this? So 
they might sell you, uh, you know, when you get to my level, then you'll understand why these are so important. Or you can just say, no, I, that's smoke and mirrors and I'm not no, playing that I game. Actually do, I actually do understand why it's important. Like I've had PR meetings. I, 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 I totally get it, Abby. But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm now I'm counting now. I'm, now I'm counting his pockets. That's, that's literally what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just, I didn't realize it because I see him so much. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, oh, in, in most capacities that I'm seeing him, it's not work. The way that we know Bordy, Billy Porter, the reason why we know him is because Pose, which mm-hmm. was on for what, two seasons, two or three seasons, right? They weren't very long seasons either, mm-hmm. right? And then we he, he has these like small roles in these, you know, white movies, right? In these like white romantic comedies, you know, like a little, a little role in uh, 60 for Brady or 80 for Brady. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and and then when you think about just the, uh, just the amount of money, the like, okay, so you probably are being like a guest role in that movie. Right. And we know even with a high guest quote, that movie ain't paying you a million dollars. It ain't paying you a million dollars. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, so. Yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at it mm-hmm. in the way in that I want to look at it, which is like, all right, yeah, we can't, I can't, I can't bring in this whole, this big home, I can't buy that G wagon because I'm about to invest that same amount of money in my PR. Mm-hmm. Right. I can't do both. Yeah, PR is expensive. It's I can't not do both. no joke. You know what I'm saying? And I can't rely on, I can't spend something relying on what it's going to bring in the, in the future. And that might sound callous. That might sound like unempathy. I have an immense amount of empathy. And like you said, Abby, the fact that he just publicly said it, I think it's, I think, I think as part of it is also motivating. It's like people are going to sympathize with my story because I'm Billy Porter. I'm fabulous. <laughs> I'm so fabulous to have to sell a home. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the gay, the the black gay man tells it like it is. So it's like, well, the executive that said that, well, you put me out. So what, you know what I'm saying? It's all of that accoutrement. <laughs> and it's supposed to, you know, it's, 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 I think it's supposed to be working for us. Like you said, I think that it's supposed to be like, oh, this, will help this move along faster. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's also like, yeah, but also Billy Porter, let's make some better financial me, me, me being a fan enough to like care about your, you know, your situation to be, be better, be, do make better choices. And you, you know what I'm saying? Your house ain't got to be that nice. Or that and nice. it sounds like he panicked. He did that panic. Like you said, when people like have to post all the time, right after like, what do I do? What do I do? And like, he's in the headlines mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. like, a lot, like his yeah. divorce, his his comment about the cover of uh, Harry uh, Styles. Yes, mm-hmm. that it's it's like it's this is your new like what you're trying to find a new job mm-hmm. or something. It's weird. Yeah. It's you know, and it's transparent. We we all see it too. Yeah. That's, that's the great thing is that we're like not fooled. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna move to this. Uh, I'm I'm trying to decide which topic, but I think that the Alabama because we did we sort of talked about this in the last episode but we didn't talk about specifically the brawl that happened because it has it is still uh, a remaining topic i think it'll be out maybe by next week but i don't mm-hmm. i think this is one that will last for quite some time the folding chair mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the mm-hmm. alabama riverfront brawl video sparks a cultural moment about race solidarity and justice and that solidarity point is the point that i've kind of 
that's the one that stood out to me the most when I saw this. But um, the Alabama Riverfront Brawl has remained a topic of discussion. The fight broke out after several white men began to punch and shove the Black Riverboat co-captain as he asked them to move their pontoon boat since it was docked in the marina. No, in the designated <laughs> spot for the 200 passenger riverboat to disembark. And the video then showed mostly black people rushing to the co-captain's defense, including a black teenage riverboat crew member who swam to the dock. Mm-hmm. The videos also showed the ensuing brawl that included a black man hitting a white person with a folding chair. Mm-hmm. As of Friday, Alabama, Alabama police had charged four white people with misdemeanor assault. The folding chair wielding man turned himself in Friday and was charged with disorderly conduct. Now, the NAACP president and CEO, Derek Johnson, said all these individuals having smartphones and cameras have democratized media and information. In the past, there was a very narrow scope on what news was being reported and from what perspectives, Mm -hmm. which we talked about on the episode that's out as we're recording right now. And um, we had a professor on who talks, who studies that about how social media has actually helped us get our voices and our stories out there in a in a good way you know how social media can be negative but this is a good way but the um like i said the thing that stood out to me was the solidarity too is like i did that was the thing that like a lot of times we're not able to come together to help each other in view of that in that lens mm-hmm. and see it like this and i think that's where, because I was, what was I? I was talking to Godfrey this weekend about being a black performer and what to do about black audiences coming out to see me, you know. Um, and I, I was like, is it us? Like, I know this. I'm going off topic, but I was like, is this how we see? Like, I see white guys when they perform, white com- comedians, male comedians, and white audiences, white men go really out to see those guys, you know, and. And those guys, granted, they have done that work. They do the podcast. They do that <laughs> social media stuff. But I don't know if it's the same for us. And I and I, I wasn't sure. So I was asking Godfrey that. And Godfrey was like, yeah, we don't. He goes, they they like the no. We're different as an audience. We like the known talent, the, 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 the talent that we need to give a chance to. We don't usually go out and spend the money to see that. And um, so that's solidarity when I saw this. That, that's what. I know it sounds different, but those two things sort of came to mind when I saw this. Mm-hmm. I was thinking some people. Uh, go ahead, Zena. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, some people, uh, it's not an even playing field either with regard to audiences. So you might not audiences might not have the means to invest in new talent the way they they want to have a guaranteed good time. Like I'm only going to get a sitter one time this month, so let me make it good, or let me make it make sure I'm going to have a good time. Versus someone who's got you know indispensable sorry unending funds coming in yes uh who's who could just do it just for fun they can show up for anybody that could be part of it i don't think that's all of it but you know Mm -hmm. yeah i was definitely going to say that that i think that that's also like something that i try to uh keep in mind but again like i think social media is helping that like allowing you to find your audience I think that, you know, there's a lot of a lot of outlets, even when you say those guys do the work, there's like a lot of podcasts with loyal, loyal fans. Uh, um, And and I don't know if like I don't know if we have I mean, we don't have the media reach 
the, the same media reach, you know, it's just like I say, and I don't know if this is like a taboo thing or like a non PC thing to say, but I'd be like, yo, if I was Indian, yo, that, I always say that. <laughs> like I would, they come out. I mean, oh, I'd have regardless a, of what I'd, I'd have a whole subcontinent. After, like they do not keep like they, they, the representation is so, but I think that our division or a lack of solidarity, um, you know, especially in the United States is definitely like a part of, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome. Like it's all, it's just, it's just remnants. But in terms of the um, Alabama boat incident, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I think I might be the only person not to be confused with Marlon Wayans who was like, can't we all just get along? But like, I was the only person, I think that I'm like one of the only people in my group of it that wasn't like, this is a national holiday. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't buying chair earrings and things. Right. Neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> although, although that was the video that I watched. Like when I watched the little boy swim across, I was like, now what is he going to be able to do? Because I know he's tired. But then he was that, you know, young man. He, he did, was ready. He, <laughs> um, and then when I watched the video with the man uh, with the chair, it's like I was like I was feeling very like, um protected by way of, do you get what I'm saying? I was feeling like, oh, good, come together and protect one another. Like if nobody's going to do it, we have to protect one another. And then when he hit the lady, just because she, it's not, I don't care that she was white. She, Yes, she was white and that was the aggressor. They, they were the, you know, they were the, uh, the instigator, instigators, right? But in that moment, I didn't care that she was white. It just was, she was just a person, not, she was a woman that wasn't doing anything to him in that moment. And so it just seemed like, oh, (laughs) you know, I remember watching it thinking like, oh, okay, now now hold on a second. Wait, wait, what, you know, Mm -hmm. but in times like that, you know, everybody could get it. But the reason why I don't, I didn't feel like, I was I was so happy for the reasons that you're saying, Marina, but it didn't I didn't feel good. That's what it is. Because it was all violence. Yes. But I didn't feel good because I was still really grossed out and saddened by those white people jumping on that black guy. Mm -hmm. And as much as they did, like just the fact just knowing like, oh, wow, there's people in the world that still do stuff like this. that. that is so disheartening to me mm-hmm. and it's so sad to me and it's so scary to me that even us coming to defend ourselves, that wasn't enough to make me forget that like, oh, wow, these people are going to exist even in moments where a bunch of us aren't recording mm-hmm. and aren't there to help. You know what I'm saying? And that makes me so sad that I just couldn't really be like, Right. You you're uh, reminding me of the conversation we had with the professor is uh Rob Eshman. He wrote a book called When the Hoods Come Off. And he talks about that, about how, you know, we 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 can see the comments online of people that obviously say things, but we don't know the but but that still exists day to day. There are people still walking amongst us. They may not be seen or they may not have the the racist act, but they're still active in systemic racism in certain ways. And that that 
is like you said, that is still out there that we are still grappling with. And this is an example of that. Like if the if the cameras weren't on and if those people weren't there. It's yes, like, that's just that's just like, wow, that's a really that's a really messed up act. Now, I, I always felt like that. I don't care what color you are. Like if it's just when I even when I see like even when I was in school, you know, you see one person getting jumped on by a bunch of people. For no, it's so it's it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, nah, the, the, like to me, that's like character. That's. That's that that's deep in your spirit, in your being. Mm. And that is so um I, don't, I guess it's I, overwhelmingly sad. Yeah. It yeah. is. And it, it and I've ha- I've been feeling that lately about that scene as well and a lot of things actually that I've experienced recently that I'm just like this is you know, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to call it racist or you don't want to call it unconscious bias. But when you feel it and you know it's there, it's there, you know, and a lot of times you don't have the camera or you don't have you don't put it online. Or you don't voice it or you don't let people know because you're in a position like what about the person who can't voice it on on social media, who can't because the situation means that they can't feed their children. Mm-hmm. And it, it just reminded me that there's like bullies in the world. And I think because I don't really, I mean, I guess what the bully right now are corporations, but I think because I don't have like a very clear, like bully in my life, I kind of forget that there's bullies in the world. And then when I saw that video, it's just a reminder that's like, uh, like you said, it's just like devastatingly sad. It's scary. It's just, it's like, yeah, it's like, yuck. It's like just ick, you know? Now, Abby, when you mm-hmm. saw this, and I know I, I don't want, I'm, of course, I don't want to ask the hacky question of you're, you're biracial. So <laughs> would you porn? Who, who do I root for? Who, who? <laughs> Did you split the chair in half? Like, what happens? <laughs> I was thinking about, the reason I enjoyed it so much um, was because my I was flashing back to when I first saw it. I don't like to watch any fight videos on the internet because I just don't have a stomach for it. So yes, I feel you on that. Like It makes me sad. It makes me uncomfortable. It brings me back to middle school and seeing fights where every kid would draw in closer to watch it. And I would just scream from the back like, stop it, guys. <laughs> so I was thinking about Rodney King. And we all remember what it looks like when a group of white people you know, besides George Floyd and besides, you know, we we have enough of that imagery. So to see the tide turn and have people res- come to his aid. And first of all, he was ready to defend himself, which I also felt proud of. You know, like he didn't know the camera was on him when he threw his hat in the air and was like, bring it. You know, he knew he was dealing with a bunch of chuckleheads who probably drank too much and, you know, didn't care about what he had to say. We're not respecting his authority and he was going to do his job. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so my first thought was like, oh, he's fighting back. Then you see somebody come and get him in the stomach and now he's down the ground and you're like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. But then you slowly start to see other people. Some one man enters and is like trying to assess the situation, break it up. But then when they're not listening to him, he starts throwing punches. And then you see the swimmer. So all of it, I guess, if it was a movie scene, um, which is what it felt like since it was on video, it is like, oh, this is this is so different. Why did the director change the game you know like this isn't how what i'm used to seeing 
And so the ensuing comedy that came from it, like I had the same reaction to the chair of like, oh, no, ooh, no, that's too much. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but it's not too much if you think about you it's know, not. if you've it's ever not. seen. I mean, too much is hanging from a tree, you know, and yeah. Yeah. I don't want to gross anybody out. But it's like we know what too much is. And that yeah. wasn't too much. But that was not uh, like you said, she was not provoking him in particular. And so uh, to see that come unwarranted, it just like it seemed like he got carried away or caught up in the emotion of it. Um, and then and officers. Mean, it, was really nice. it was like comical, like the way he hit her, the way she reacted. It was pretty comical. Bop. Yeah. Well, just <laughs> after that, police were like, we don't know who this person was. So please come forward if you have any information. And everybody on Twitter was like, I didn't see a chair. What chair? Mm-hmm. Any information on what? <laughs> you know, and just that was so funny to me because I'm like, you know, it, 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 you to get the opportunity to to do what's been done to you, but in a such more milder form. Like it's not we are not in power to then dominate this culture and then make the gaslight them in that same way. So when we act like we didn't see what we saw or say we didn't see what we saw, then it's like funny, you know, because it's like everybody knows what everybody saw. But who's going to step up and do it? And why is it our job to turn him in? You know, it's like, that's not, I'll leave that to somebody else who wants to do it, but I'm fine. I didn't see a thing, you know? So, um, so yeah, my, my whole thoughts on it, even, (laughs) even, um, someone I talked to who's black was like, you know, I abhor violence, but this was nice. I was like, you don't even have to have that preamble. You don't even have to say it, Mm -hmm. like set it up with as much as I wish this didn't, you know, cause this isn't one of those moments in which we need to be ashamed at all. We did not yeah, incite no, not it, you know, yeah. like we didn't start it. And, you know, it didn't even the the cops could have ruined everything and only arrested the black people on the scene and let the white people go or seen the white people cry and been like, OK, we hear you, you know, and that didn't even happen. So that was that was another great thing about it. It was yeah, it was a really interesting piece of uh, piece of footage. Yes, it was. And the other thing was, I only saw one angle from where you see Aquaman swimming. Yes, that's the only one I so saw. So yeah. the next angle I saw was from the 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 docks or the party above the dock, above the dock, and and the woman who's ta- doing the voiceover of like, get him, get him too. Mm-hmm. Oh, watch him. You know, and she's like narrating the whole way through. So mm-hmm. that was. <laughs> there's so many layers to this experience. <laughs> yeah, I had a conversation with my trainer, who's white, new trainer, and um. He told he was telling us that he had said to a young woman who works who works with him and she's black. And by the way, he he dates black women. <clears throat> of course, I told Godfrey this story. And he was like, "Yeah, his fetish." But in, <laughs> that's a whole other. But then he said to me that she got really upset with him because he said it was violent. The chair was violence. Mm-hmm. And she just said, "You're racist." Mm. And like she just got really mad at him. And he goes, "I." I all I was saying is like, this is in the court. It's like a like if you hit someone with a chair, you, you know, even in defense, you're still going to get charged. And I go, but your timing is off. Mm-hmm. That's what I told mm-hmm. him. I said, and why did you feel like you had to trigger her? Right yeah, now? read the room. Like, mm-hmm. What is that? In? And then it's funny because young lady who I work out with, she's she's white. She's Jewish. But she said to, she asked him, she goes, why are you angry? And I was like, oh, good question. Mm-hmm. I've trained you well. Yeah. Um, but he goes, oh, I don't, I'm not angry. I'm just, I go, but it's a good question. She asks you because you do come from some type of anger to ask, to, to trigger her right now. Cause you do know that's what you're doing, right? Like, it's just, you, you don't know. It's not the time. You don't know what's going on in the world that this is probably not 
the thing to say to her in this moment. Now, we you can talk about it with me. I'm an older black woman, though. But if you've paid attention, we've all been in a pandemic and we have all been sort of, um, you know, tribalistic in a sense. And you're talking to someone who's young. So her reaction is going to be up here. And he goes, oh, you're right. You're right. He goes, I, I, you're, yeah, my timing was off. I go, so maybe just, you know, keep it, you know, uh, it's, and, and the way you phrased it didn't, you didn't start off with any empathy, I don't think. Mm. So maybe next time you pose a question, if you want to have dialogue with someone about this, just start off with a sense that you understand what's going on before you go into it. Because it didn't seem like you did. It seemed like you just wanted to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. at a really bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what is there to discuss? I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, <laughs> there are a lot of incidences that we see, you know, tape, and there's like, contextually, we know something is missing. Like something is missing, so we can hypothesize, we can, but I mean, after a couple of days, it's like all of the angles that come out, all of the videos that are shown, it's like, I don't know, what's the discussion? <laughs> Especially if you're a white man and you're he was dating a black woman, a younger mm, He has, he dates several. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, what's, what's the, I don't understand what's the question. Like, what, what's the question? He, he wanted to know if it's, he was basically saying it's a crime that he hit with the chair. It's just as criminal, it's just as bad as, as anything else. So that's what he was saying to her. And she was like, you're racist. Mm-hmm. And he was like, with the chair, it's violent. The chair is violence. Yeah, but mm. who, yeah, yeah, he got to go. Cause he, I think <laughs> cause, cause when you think about that, when you, it, no, seriously, like yes. the only way I could, the only way I could say it is like, um, if I was talking to like one of my Jewish friends, right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I mean, but this this Jewish person did kill. It's like, wait, what's the point of that? Like, what is the point? It's what aboutism is what it is. Yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's an effort to di- diminish your perspective or diminish your point that blacks had a right to defend themselves. And you're like, yeah, but not like that. And it's like, yes, like that. You know, well, you don't have to agree with them. It, it'd be different. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, let's say he was the lawyer on the case, mm-hmm. right? And he yeah. said, well, I'm trying to make this argument. And so let me go to my love interest and be like, I mean, do you see? Because I'm trying to make an argument. And do you see? It's like, he don't gain nothing. He from doesn't that. have anything to gain. I don't get, like, what's the point? I don't even get what's the, the, the only thing is, is you're going to elicit a, a very specific reaction, right? And the only thing is it's going to cause some sort of friction between you and this person who I think you're interested in. Why would you do that? But I think it's also he loves. I said, you you do like to play devil's advocate, don't you? And he goes, I do. And I go, not the time. Yeah, not at the expense of someone's psyche. That's not. Yes. That's not appropriate. And I and, you know, and I and, but I, I, I do think that a lot of white people right now feel they don't they can't have dialogue with us or let's say even conservatives. They feel they, that we don't want to have these conversations. And so that's where I felt like I was like, I kind of have a responsibility to inform him that what he did was, was, was no sensitive and just totally unaware um, and bad timing. And, and he agreed. So he learned. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, don't do that. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. 
And then I also, <laughs> you know, but I've caught him a couple times. You know, he dates black women, but he said something. And I said, and take that out your mouth. Because he goes, he said a black woman who was happy. What did he say? He said, uh, it was the way he phrased it. A black woman who was, he goes, a very attractive black woman like that. And I go, maybe just say she's a very attractive woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when you say a black woman that was very attractive or the way he phrased it, I said, it sounds like you're you're saying that there aren't black women that are attractive. She's an outlier of a a, yeah general type. And he goes, Marina, I think you should stop giving him advice so he could show his true self. And so them black ladies could run to it. They could run (laughs) the first time. Like, Don't give him any information that's going to allow him to stick in there longer than he's supposed to. You gotta go. Don't help him out. Yeah, no. <laughs> and get some discount on my training. <laughs> um, now, I guess we could leave it there. I we, Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. If Abby, if you just have a few more moments, because uh, you said it when you said white people don't want to have the conversation, Marina, it made me think of, I don't know why, but it made me think of, and I know this wasn't in the um, topics, but Jennifer Aniston, you saw when Jamie Foxx. Oh, that's home. right. No, what happened? Um, so Jamie Foxx posted on his social media, um, they say, oh, if they kill Jesus, then they'll kill you too, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I'm not even, I'm not even a product of the church, uh, you know, or the black church specifically, but I don't heard that phrasing all of my life by way of black culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if they, if they, you know what I'm saying? If they lie to God, they're going to lie to you too. Mm-hmm. If they, I mean, it's you're just trying to say you ain't, you, we believe that this person died for all our sins. We believe he the greatest of the greatest. We believe he the son of God. And even he ain't getting no mercy from his closest people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what you think they're going to do to you? And so nobody ever says that like, oh, the they's are Jewish people. Right? No, yeah, I, I never thought ever that in life. Mm-hmm. And so Jamie Foxx posted that clearly talking about clearly throwing a subliminal at somebody in his life. That he <laughs> needs to, right. Like mm-hmm. that's all that, that is. And Jennifer Aniston liked it. Mm-hmm. Then Jamie Foxx's post came under fire and people were like, oh, this is anti-Semitic mm. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Jennifer Aniston adds gasoline to that fire by posting, oh, you know, I love everybody and I would never condone this. And I didn't like it by accident or on purpose, which is like, I don't know if that's a limericks. I don't know if that's a... <laughs> if, if she's trying to blow our minds, I don't know what it means to not like something <laughs> on purpose or by accident. That like negates everything. Mm-hmm. Girl, you like this. So what you trying to say? AI did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are you saying? We don't even My know. My assistant right. did it. You know, we just know that you threw your fellow rich person right under the bus. Mm-hmm. She wanted to distance herself from the whole yeah, issue. Yeah, but it's like, girl, you was crazy as you probably know who he talking about. <laughs> we don't know, but you probably know exactly who Jamie Foxx is talking about. Like, mm-hmm, he did it to me too, Jamie. Mm-hmm. But the moment they started throwing around that anti-Semitic word, she just like, you know, her allyship just like, it's not just a being quiet. It's like, oh no, let me speak up and completely throw him to the wolves. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to pose like. Yeah. And Abby, I remember you posting the picture of the white supper. Mm-hmm. She's in oh, that picture. Oh. Yeah. With all the 
It's oh, like, remember, remember yeah. Kristen yeah, Bell's dinner like, party, and it's just a bunch of people in denim that are white is facing the camera. <laughs> and I said, guess who's not coming to dinner? Yeah. That's the name yeah, of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that picture was uh, like, I, you know, I kept looking at that picture and, and wondering why that one stood out of all the pictures we've seen of just white people as friends. Like, why did that one it was trigger everyone? Table. I can break that it one was, down, too. <laughs> it was a long table. Was a the table was day. long. The overall wash was blue for some reason. Like, it was dusk, plus people were wearing blue or they were required to. I'm not sure. But it was just a a, a very striking image. And then, you know, as you start to, f- your eyes start to focus on people, you see familiar faces. So then you're starting to put things together like, oh, they're friends. Oh, they're here. Oh, it's an industry party. Wait. If this is industry, then where is the diversity of the industry? You know, like, why is this? If this is an intimate friend setting, why is this person's intimate friends not include a more diverse uh, group of people? And even if it's not on the host to like the host can invite who they want to invite. It's also a it's also a symbol. Maybe Viola and Will Smith. They couldn't make. Yeah, they're too big for this group. (laughs) So uh, so the so the but it becomes symbolic of, well, if a black person isn't at this table, well, then guess what opportunities a black person miss out misses out on. And so it's kind of just like, you know, this is how this is how these segregated kind of friend circles help each other. Say again. They have what? They didn't even have Lucy Lou. Lucy Lou wasn't even in there. No, they didn't even have The Rock. They didn't have, what's Slater, A.C. Slater from Saved by the Book? Mario Lopez. Have, they didn't have Alfonso Ribeiro. They didn't have no. You're right, right, right. No shades. No shades of brown. There was no, yeah, there was nothing there, black There on the might table. have been, there might have been. They didn't uh, have a little India girl, cheap to poke, poke, who, you know what I'm saying, and married the Jonas brother. They didn't have nobody. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, okay. Um. Uh, but they all too, I think why the picture looks so funny to me is because they look so happy, but they also look like in their faces when they're posed, it's like they understood nobody posts this, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, you know what? I was thinking the same thing. It's like what they knew, post. like, wait, but nobody, po- like, is it too late to say we can't post it? Like, cheat, but wait, don't, you're not going to post this, right? <laughs> and then, and then, and then they, they post it. But then there's the other side of it when they're are celebrities who do posts with black people that it seems somewhat intentional i can't think of one example of that does someone come to mind I for do, you but I oh no it. we're not gonna say it okay fine i was just trying to think of like a famous <laughs> removed <laughs> i see it sometimes i mean i think it's genuine but sometimes it it stands out to me like did you it was looking like the White Supper, though. It really, it just was interesting. And I just, <laughs> the angle and the length of the table, and like you said, yes. the background looked like they were they wasn't floating on a crowd, a cloud. But it just <laughs> did look real, you know, like uh, biblical. It looked real, <laughs> you know. But but I will say, like, so there's a theater out here um, in LA called the Largo that everybody wants to get into. Yes, I have heard about that. Yeah. And I have done like a good amount of shows. Uh, I've performed there a bunch with Mark Marin. Um, uh, most times when I'm performing there, it's because someone introduces you, right? Likes me. Yeah. Uh, has put me on the show, but I can't think of a oh, one time Yvonne Orgy at the height of her insecure day. She did a show there and, and I had did some time on her show. Uh, but most times it's, it's, by way of like a white person. 
Um, and I was telling another comedian, I was like, you know, every time I'm there, I have such a good time. They treat me very well. I said, but I'm always aware I'm most times the only person of color in the building. The only. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking for an Asian, a, a Latinx person, mm-hmm. uh, the only, an Arab person, the only. And I, it's on my mind. Like this, this, like, oh, wow, I'm in a sea of just like happy white people laughing at like imaginary things, like, mm-hmm. like, like imaginary jokes. My jokes are so, like, so life uh, experience, you know what I'm saying? But these, they, the, like, you know, Zach Galifianakis, oh, this is just like, this is just like an imagination thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, I don't think any person in that room, I think the Largo crowd, it would consider themselves a pretty liberal crowd. I think they would consider themselves a pretty open-minded crowd, uh, a, 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 a non-racist crowd. Do you get what I mean? I think they would yeah. consider themselves the good whites, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. seriously, if they had to, if they had to think about it. And so I don't think that they're coming together maliciously or that. But it's something that they don't ever have to think about. Right. But the moment I walk into a theater and I see a sea of only white faces or white passing faces, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. This is like <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I'm not even aware of how I'm feeling right now. I said that to my friend Lois, you know, my Irish friend who, um, if you guys don't know, Mike DiStefano, who passed years ago, this was his girlfriend. And, and we've been hanging out since the pandemic. And she's from Ireland. And she's very aware of race in America. This is very different from the issues in Ireland. Right. I mean, in Ireland, they have their problems with religion and but they don't talk about race the way we do. They don't. And, and they don't like she is very clear on I am Ireland Irish and and we are very disappointed in the Irish in America. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the Hamptons or not the Hamptons, South Hold. And I told her exactly what I was feeling in a space just like what you described, Zainab. And when I tell you, she was like looking around all of a sudden. She's, and she told me this this weekend. She goes, she goes, she goes, Marina. You know, when you told me that for the first time, I looked around and I saw it. She goes, it wasn't it. She goes, and all these feelings that you're feeling that I didn't even think about all of a sudden. Now I have a lens and now I'm seeing through your eyes for the first time. But she looked like she also wanted to whoop some ass. So I had to tell her to take it down a notch. I go, because <laughs> she has the ability. I know Irish women have the ability to sort of get a little sassy. I don't know if you've noticed. They can they can get real and I was like, no, no, Lois, it's okay. <laughs> Look, I'm used, I, I'm, I mean, I'm aware of it, but I don't, I'm not sitting here looking at them like, how dare you look at me? Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, this is my existence. She's like, it's just, I, I'm seeing it now. Yeah. I actually see it. Yeah. And it's nothing ever, you know, in, t- in terms of the Largo, nothing negative. I never feel bad, but I'm, I am aware of something. I'm aware of two things. I'm the only person like me in the room Mm -hmm. and that they have, that they, most times in their life, I have to have this awareness and they'll never have to have this awareness. Right. I have an anecdote that kind of dovetails off of that. We were, um, 
Luke and I, my husband's white, we were looking into churches and the one that um, the, what we're part of or that we had been a part of for over a decade has just had dwindled down so small that they weren't meeting regularly. So on the days that they weren't meeting, we started to look out into other uh, churches. And so I ran into an old friend. He's like, I go to this black church. You should check it out. And we went and uh, and I couldn't wait because I was like, finally, the music will be different. But when Luke got there, when he hit one of his takeaways was I've never, ever been mindful of my race in a room mm -hmm. until today. And he just performed in black rooms and stuff. But he's just like, I just it just made me he finally like connected the dots of like, it's, this is what you talk about when you say like, you'll count how many black people are in the room or you'll say mm -hmm. like, did you notice there was only white people? And I'll be like, no. You know, and uh, he's like, I get I get that now. And mm -hmm. um, and in my experience, uh, I'm a, I'm just probably going through uh, a different time of my life as I try to rear a child who, you know, I identify as black, but who I'm not sure will identify as black because she's very white passing. But um, mm -hmm. but we he and I were on the road and we were in Indiana and we were in a small town and we were playing a winery that was on a cornfield. I don't know where they were getting their wine. But uh, there was just a bunch of people outside. It was an outdoor event um, and the staff was white and the guests were white. And like right before I've been having, I'm, I'm addressing them, but I had had panic attacks that summer. It was like two summers ago. And, uh, and I just, I was like cracking up. I was like, you know, I was putting on makeup, but I was also crying. And I was just like, he's like, it's not that bad. And I'm like, you don't. I couldn't even convey to him why I was so upset, but I just like was putting in my material in question. I was like, this means I can't talk about race or if I do talk about race, I have to make sure I understand that, you know, how it makes them feel. And so I have to either speak to how it's making them feel or I have to double down and act like I really don't care about how it's making them feel. And I was just like, that's just so much more energy than I wanted to have to put into this set. You know, I just wanted people to meet me where I was, not have to like, ugh be thinking about how they feel. And, and it was freaking me out. And, and yeah, and it was one of those things where he's like, you're not in danger. They're not out to get you. They want to be entertained by you. And I was like, just pay attention to how much they laugh at me and then how much they laugh at you. And he oh, would, right. and he would talk about, he went after me, he was headlining and I was opening for him. But, you know, I talked about having a daughter that's biracial. He talked about having a daughter that's biracial and he would call them racist and they'd laugh at themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and I would hint, that that was discrimination and they'd be like, well, oh. you know, so, so yes, I I'm glad Zainab, your experience wasn't, you know, you're not talking about a time where you felt attacked, but that is a very real thing to not only be mindful of it, but, but to be hypersensitive about it. Yeah. 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 My friend said, uh, Lois said she noticed that because I had told her that I was aware of it from the moment we, the parking lot, from the parking lot to the door, she said, Marina, you had already figured out the whole situation from the parking lot. You saw who was going in. And I don't even think about these things. Mm -hmm. And I just. Yeah. yeah. Who's forced to think about it and who 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 is, you know, and it's not like I said, like I tend to I rarely have. I'm usually treated pretty well, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that like. While I don't have this, I don't have these feelings, but I do know that the few other black comedians, especially black female comedians that get to play, the, that ain't like a Quinta or a Janelle right now because they at the top of, you know, popularity. Mm -hmm. But before, it's like you feel special. 
And yeah. it doesn't, and people like that. People like to feel like, but I'm the one, I'm the exception. <laughs> and I don't have that feeling. I have the feeling like, wow, this seems like somebody's missing out. Yeah. And I don't know who really, mm. but somebody's missing out, you know, and and I'm very because I'm hyper aware of it. Abby, I make sure to not change my material. Mm-hmm. I'll address the elephant in reverse. Well, y'all real white. <laughs> Damn. You know what I'm saying? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, yep. um, yo, y'all and, and then I'll put stuff over them, you know, like. Oh, I never felt so. Oh, so are y'all the poor whites? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, you know? and I think that's reflective of your mindset. You came to do a job. You know what you're doing. If I'm having panic attacks before a show, it means I need to address panic attacks first. You know, yeah. like I'm, I wasn't in this headspace for <laughs> for having to be on the defensive. But yes, that's great. I love that. I love seeing that, you too. Know? If I was the one person in the audience that was black, I would be like laughing the loudest. Yeah, but they, right. they really it's like the, the, the how how much fun is it to just be like, Oh, yeah. What? Mm. Oh, yeah. This has been a wonderful. This has been so much fun. I always love when I have my comedians on, especially with the original premise of the show, which is women of color. So that are funny, like both of you. So thank you so much. You both actually have lifted my spirit today in a real, real, real way. So thank you so much. So I'll go with you, Zainab. Where can our listeners find you and a friends like us? Uh, listeners, you can always, um, check me out on my website, which is zainabjohnson.com, Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. My social media is Zainab Johnson as well, except for TikTok is the Zainab Johnson. So T-H-E-Z-A-I-N-A-B Johnson. And like, you'll find everything there most likely. Um, and with friends like us, there's always representation in a room. Ooh, yes. yes. <laughs> and I do it all. <laughs> <laughs> to that, I would add, I also like to see Zainab on Instagram. I like watching your clips on that. Oh, thank They're you. Really I good. love it, too. Abby Crutchfield. My name is Abby Crutchfield. Um, if you Google the words curly comedy, you will find a lot of my presence on social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. But I mainly hang out on, t- on Instagram these days. I mean, and it's really just to engage. I'll sh- check my stories. Uh, my highlights <laughs> will show you where I'm performing next live if you happen to be in New York City. But um, you can also like peruse the old archives for some TV footage or you can Google me to see like things I've been on. So if you want to see me doing work, uh, you can you can find shows that I've been on that way. But if you want to engage with me in real time, find me on social media and with friends like us. I mean, you you're never in lack of a creamy clavicle. Would you would you just look? That is a creamy clavicle. But look, everybody's we need a screen grab of these. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Marina Franklin here. You know what to do. Go to my website with friends like us. Um, you will never miss out. <laughs> because we have black women, we have Latino women, we have too many men sometimes. We have uh dogs. <laughs> we have everything. Nieces. So Please continue to listen to friends like us and definitely check out our Patreon page and become a subscriber and help us help us to continue to be that voice for you. Check Check us out. out.